I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Lee Denzel, the fifth element, where I highlight the fifth element in hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in the Digits. Morning, evening, both. <laughs> ben, how you doing? Yeah. It's very early. It's very early over here. So, so last week. It's cold week, too. It's cold in Sydney. Oh, oh, really? Damn. Okay. Let's not let's not compete with weather, because um, obviously uh, it's very different here. But um, <laughs> last week is funny because uh, you know a little bit. You roasted me about being tired, and uh, now the the shoes on the other foot, as it seems. I know I've been up since four. I'm very tired this morning. I've been uh, tweeting about Little Wayne, so I'm I'm very uh, I'm exhausted. That's 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 very productive. Just wake up four in the morning and tweet about some Little Wayne. That's 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 not the life I live. <laughs> but it's yours, and that's what's up. It's all good. Uh, you been listening to anything recently? Uh no, I haven't actually. Um, I really should be, but I haven't. Has anything? I didn't listen to Schoolboy Q album. Did you listen to that? Yes, I did. Um. It's okay. Like? There's a couple. Of, there's there's a couple of bangers on there which I put on the regular rotation. Uh, but yeah, overall it's a bit. Eh, it's a bit. It's a bit safe in my my opinion. It's just like um, it's it's okay. It, it's okay. Yeah, it a lot of really people stick its neck out a bit. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of people said that it was quite just yeah quite safe and and not really because you know before it came out everyone was really excited. I was really excited and then everyone was saying yeah it's kind of mid and I thought oh man that's a bit disappointing. Yeah. Actually, one album that I actually listened to recently and actually blew me out of the water, just in terms of, you know, if, if at, the, at the start of the year, if this person dropped an album and it was actually good, like, you wouldn't even clock it. And it's actually Eric Sermon of EM, EPMD. Oh, okay. uh, dropped his dropped a solo project recently called Vernia, and it is absurd. It's actually absurdly good. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, the beats are clean. Um, yeah, the beats, yeah, the beats are clean. There are so many posse cuts on here. There are so many features on here. It's actually great. It's got like, you got a big crit on here. You got A Z, Styles P, Nori, Raekwon, Big Crit, uh, Exhibit, David Banner, and Shaquille O'Neal of all people are in one or in one track on their own. It's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing from all angles. I completely enjoy it. Shaquille O'Neal, wow. Shaquille or freaking Neil boy. It's like an Avengers going bar for bar with Exhibit and David Banner. It's absolutely glorious. <laughs> It's so glorious. I can't and it's believe actually that didn't get any press. I, mate, I, honestly, like the, the second I was thinking, I was just like, "This is great. What the hell is going on? Why, why is nobody talking about this album? It's actually so great." But um, yeah, uh, it actually rolls on to what we're talking about today, actually, because um, half of the album, and actually on okay. the on the names of the songs themselves, that you see on like the you know the, the the album itself when you look at it on your phone or whatever, actually has the production credit. And uh, for half about half of this album is produced by Eric Sermon, so ah. that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about producers and just basically, I guess, how much credit they're not getting, the, like the lack of credit they never get. And obviously, mm. it's something that is um, mm. very generational because if you go back during history, there are you know there are many producers you can name off like that. I mean, I can name you know. Uh, 
producers' albums from back in the day. You know what I mean? But if you do it now, uh, it might it might be a little yeah, bit yeah. different. But that's what we're talking about today: producers and their lack of credit in the modern day. Yeah, when I first started listening to hip hop, when I was twelve or thirteen, and I was listening to the Blueprint Two by Jay Z, and I thought, well, because you know I grew up on rock music, and I thought this is really amazing. I can't believe Jay Z created this entire project himself. And then <laughs> six months later, I was reading the book, and it was like produced by. And I thought, what does that? What does that mean? So I went, I googled it, and I was like, whoa, hang on a sec, Jay Z didn't write all these beats and it was just a mind-blowing moment for me and i honestly i've never let it go because i thought these these producers should be like i've always felt this way that producers should be listed on the track listing i just Mm. i don't know why they're not i don't know why they don't get because you might think that it's a small distinction to make but honestly they create the song like they do half the work Mm -hmm. and they just don't get any billing at all you know it's a jay-z album but just blaze produced seven songs on it but you don't see just blaze's name anywhere unless you go into little in the booklet and now it's even worse because we don't have physical copies barely anymore so you actually have to you know really seek it out you don't see it on on spotify or apple music i mean you do on title but you you have to click for it so it's very Mm. hard to find that information yeah yeah i agree um you know, Vernier's, Eric Summers Vernier is actually probably the only project I've seen that actually has the producing credit on the title, technically. And it's just, uh, I just, it was, it was kind of, um, it looks, you know, just aesthetically, it looks clunky, but, um, you know, just looking at it, it's actually quite interesting because, you know, you see how many times Eric Summers on there and then you see other, uh, uh, producers on there. And I just think it's worth, I just think it's worth it, you know, I mean, just from a, educational perspective and just uh you know again from a creative perspective obviously um uh producers obviously significantly get less you know um i guess pub publicity and uh you know just in as we've said credit so you know it's just um just things like that just small things like that is, is always uh worth worth it and you know i think it's i think it's something that obviously you've seen it as a crime for for years but i've only noticed this actually in recent years in in my listening uh listening journey i guess um where i i look at some songs that are charting actually and i'm just like the the we're not here for the artist we're kind of here for the beat you know what i mean and the the one example i yep. can yep. plop up in my, uh, the top of my head is like that zz beat now, to this day, I don't know who produced the ZZ beat because I actually haven't bothered to look it up. But that's the only reason I would yeah. ever listen to that song. I'm not listening to that for Kodak because piece of shit. And I'm not listening to for the rest of it, to be honest. I'm listening for the beat. The beat is clean. But it's just it yep. chart because it's, yep. it's, it's, it's a Kodak Black song. So. Yep. See, I think what's really interesting, because that kind of leads into, I guess, talking about charts a little bit and talking about... Um, you know, how important producers, like how important their role is in getting a, an artist onto the chart, but then looking at just how little credit yeah. they truly they truly get for that. And I actually ran some numbers a while back about co-producers and like how many co-producers are involved in creating songs that hit the Hot 100. And it kind of like, in the, the top 10, sorry, it kind of like oscillates, you know, at in 2018, it was about 2.8. So 2.8 producers per track which is quite a lot, but there's no real yes. correlation with time. You know, it doesn't really, 
it hasn't increased or decreased. It just, you know, one year it'll be 1.4, the next it'll be 2.6. So it just kind of goes up and down. But I know what you mean. I mean, these, the like, I was listening to um, Astro World the other day, and honestly, come on, like Travis Scott's performance on that is okay vocally, but it's the production on that mm. on that that album that makes mm, it classic. Exactly. And you think about, exactly. you know, when when you get a, a true collaboration between a rapper and a producer, like on Daytona with Pusha T and Kanye West, I mean, then you it really shines through. But it has to. It seems like it has to be these huge names like. Kanye West produced this entire project or No ID produced Jay-Z's entire 444 album until we actually give the producer mm. the credit that they deserve mm. rather than, as you say, like grabbing these these huge songs and we, we're listening to it for the beat, but we're, we don't even know who created the beat. And, and you know, it, it goes, circles way back to our pilot episode that we haven't actually published and we might record, re-record at some point because it comes more and more relevant just that idea of hip hop being so watered down now lyrically and you know the lack of the third verse and how rappers are re- like being very repetitive and they're really not bringing a huge amount to the song it's the vibe and the beat and the energy and yet it's still the rapper that's getting top billing and it it's i don't know if it will ever change but it's quite disconcerting I mean, this is something that is rife in, you know, a lot of arts. It's not just music. And actually, just shout out to D.A. Doman, who did, he did the ZC beat, just to, just to be thorough. Um, but this is actually kind of um, prevalent in a lot of things, you know what I mean? It's a, like, when you when you said Travis Scott, I found that so fascinating, because, you know, everyone has that, um, the, the, the quote-unquote, knows the Travis Scott sound, you know what I mean? So you, when I say that, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And it's actually uh, references back to, you know, when we're talking about cra- Crash Talk. Um, it was uh, that that Chopstick song that I heard with Travis Scott on it. It sounds like a Travis Scott song. And that's why partly why I didn't like it, uh, just because it's, it's basically a Travis Scott song where he kind of gave it to Schoolboy Q. But then again, it's, it's when I say Travis Scott song, I'm talking. I'm technically talking about the producers who make those, who make those, who has made those beats for Travis in all the yeah. in his whole career. So just just saying that that this ice has, and obviously it's different because between uh, you know from like a Kanye or, or a Tyler Creator because obviously they produce their own work. It's obviously their sound because it's they do it. But when it comes to stuff like Travis or you know even Kendrick for some for example, you know they they don't produce. Well, not that I know of, and well, you know, Travis, we call Travis, we, Travis we call does, it a sound. Tra- Travis does produce. Just to um, cut you off, he doesn't produce a lot. Hang on, I'm just trying to find my data set, but you can keep talking while I look for it. But he does produce. Uh, I think the numbers were around forty percent, but it's he's not the only producer on his track, so he does okay. produce. Okay, he fair, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll pull back have, on that. He, yeah, he does have production credits, but um, he's definitely not the the sole. It's not a Kanye Tyler the Creator kind of situation. He produces with a bunch okay. of other producers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair so, enough. Yeah. So my yeah, it's, with that with that said, going back to my original point, which I was going to make, it's it's not even this isn't something that's you know re- prevalent in just music. Is you can link it to movies as well. You know being a writer and a screenwriter, I'm just like, you know, when's the screenwriter getting some credit with this? I have to, like, constantly shout him out because when I watch a film, 
sometimes it is the dialogue that is on point. And before a film is even made, the first instance of actual something being made is the script. And that's the first thing that people get, you know. It could be an idea yeah. in someone's head, but it's not anything until it's on the piece of paper in you know, 90 yeah. pages or however long it is. So, you know, we, we, we say it's a, you know, a Spike Lee joint, or it's a um uh, or a Christopher Nolan film, and but if they didn't write it, then is it really their film? You know what I mean? That that just that just goes into mm. you know more of a film conversation. But it's kind of the it's kind of a similar thing where you know we remember the we remember certain films because of who acted in it or who directed it. Uh, but we never actually we never actually remember it for who wrote it unless it's maybe I don't know Aaron Sorkin or Jordan Peele. But you know it's it's, it's just something that is, I find interesting in my in my world anyway. Yeah, just uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, just quickly circling back, I did get those numbers up. And Travis produces he has a production credit on forty four percent of his solo albums, but he doesn't actually produce any of those songs by himself. So he does produce. Um, but I think what, like, you know, you, you actually said to me, oh, this is the tweet that we should run with. And it was about the hip hop uh, Cash Kings Forbes list. And the numbers are really mm-hmm. crazy. So we're talking about credit. And obviously, it's, I mean, these rappers are huge. Like, you think of 50 Cent, you think of Ja Rule, you think of all these huge rappers. And a lot of it was propelled by the production, but they're the ones on the, on the hip hop Cash Kings list. So I looked at it, and it's been going since 2007. Forbes published every year. I, I don't know how accurate their figures are. I mean, it's Forbes. They claim that it's very accurate, but people have tried to poke holes in it before. Um, but in total, <laughs> so in that 11 years that it's been going, there has only been eight producers, like just producers, not rappers and producers, out of 56 total yeah. people which is like mm. really, really small amount. 38 have been rappers and mm. 10 of them have been dual artists. Now, Diddy and Dr. Dre are mm. classed as dual artists and they've been on it pretty much every year. But what is really mm. amazing is that since 2010, not a single producer except for Ryan Lewis, who was like attached to Macklemore, has like yeah. any producer that has gained fame after 2010 has never hit the Forbes Cash Kings list. Like, wow. and there's been heaps of artists, heaps of rappers who have, um, you know, Logic is an example. Macklemore is an example himself. Mac Miller is an example. They've all mm-hmm. been on the Forbes list. But uh, mm. Lil Uzi Vert, um, Russ, these, Meek, you know, these guys have been on the Forbes list, but no Murder Beats, no Metro Boomin, uh, no DJ Mustard. Yep. None of these artists have hit it. Which is that's a bit scary because if we're if we're saying as we are that that producers probably have a fifty percent hand in creating a, a song and creating the popularity of a song and an artist, they're not getting anywhere near fifty percent of credit. Yeah, that's 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 actually super silly. Honestly, it's just like you know, it's it's, yeah, it's super silly, and it's actually quite fascinating thinking about you know. Um, someone like Dr. Dre or Bill Diddy, for example, you know, obviously they've been top five for, you know, plenty of years now, but we, you know, obviously we know them as, you know, producers, artists, you know, dual, dual artists, as you said, but obviously the reason why they're, you know, 
top billing on the Cash Kings list is because of their outside work. You know, the, the you mm-hmm. know Beast by Dre, the whatever, the, whatever, the Ciroc, the many uh, uh, businesses that Diddy's uh, procures in these days. You know, obviously to get to the to get to the highest points, obviously you need to be in not just doing the music, but obviously other businesses as well, investing, etc. And actually. Uh, takes me to a um, recent video I watched from uh, Geniuses on, on, on the record, off the record, on the record. <laughs> I totally forgot the name off of the show. The on record. the record, uh, the one with, uh, with Rob, Rob Markman. Markman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, with Rob Markman. Um, yeah, he uh, had a Static Selector and Illmind on there talking about you know producers. Oh, and that's cool. It was that's very cool. fascinating. It was very fascinating. Uh, uh, talk, uh, watching, watching how they. Uh, you know, break it down in terms of the the business side of being producers, and obviously the credit uh, as, as well comes up. But just from a money perspective, you know, Stack Selector says he's a DJ first, where he actually is fine with, you know, if if the rest of it, the producing side, goes away, then he'll be constantly DJing, and he'll just like put all his eggs in that basket, and that's kind of sad considering the. Stag Selector is kind of one of those, you know, last bastions of crate diggers, like, you know, pure crate diggers, pure DJ producers where, you know, they go to they go to record stores, they you know, crate dig and look for and look for records and then look for breakbeats and then do do it the you know, quote unquote the pure way, the right way, if you, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. So considering considering that, you know, Obviously, producers these days. I mean, I don't want to say anybody can be a producer, but it is very easy to start. Let's say that. Uh, you know, you can just get a program. You know, buy a couple of drum kits, maybe, and you're on your way. So, the obviously the rite of passage is much easier, but obviously the money that is, as well as has also thinned. So, you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of balanced out in a universal kind of way, but um, it is um. It is interesting from a business standpoint how actually you know producers get money these days. What? Yeah, I'll ask you a question at the end of this with regards to that specific video. But I had a quick look at the social media following of producers versus rappers because I guess running my own social okay. media account, you know, I I never really knew how people made money from social media I, when I was younger. I, I didn't understand it, but now having a little bit of a following and a little bit of exposure, you know, my inbox is full of people asking for promo and they're willing to pay, you know, $50, maybe $100 for a post. And um, I don't specifically get the money from that. So I I don't, yeah, I, I, you know, I I work for a website called Central Source, shout out Central Source, which is an incredible, um, incredible hip hop outlet. But even when they only got to, I think, three, 4,000 followers, they were getting DMs as well, you know, like, uh, can you promo our stuff? Can you put this up on your website? Uh, we'll pay you a little bit of money for it. Um, so that uh, social media and is a v- super valuable tool. It's a super important revenue stream. There was a headline that I read this week about Kim Kardashian getting paid like three hundred dollars to $500,000 per Instagram post, which is just boggled my mind i was like wow you know that and i know she has a lot of followers but one that one post that's like 10 years livable wage for me you know that's crazy (laughs) so i went through i went through um so i got the top 10 artists hip-hop 
artists, rappers, and producers of 2018 via their Hot 100 chart positions, and I compared okay. their social media followings. So just to just to pre- preface this, the summary is that those top 10 rappers, uh, Twitter and Instagram followers, had 242.7 million followers between them, right? Producers, wow. the top 10 producers... Of 2018, okay, this is the same metrics, the exact same metrics, 2.7 million mm-hmm. followers. 2.7 million followers between all of them across IG and Twitter. So that wow. is... Uh, so rappers have 8,888.9% more followers, which is crazy. Wow. So I went through this the actual differences between them. So we've got Drake was number one last year, and Boy Wonder was the number one producer. So and Boy Wonder okay. actually produced uh, God's Plan by Drake. You know, most of Boy Wonder's success came mm-hmm. via Drake, or maybe most of Drake's success mm-hmm. came via Boy Wonder. Whatever, whatever you want, whatever distinction you want to make. Drake has ninety point one million followers. Drake has 90.1 million followers. Boy Wonder has 319,000. Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely, (laughs) totally insane. Then you've got Cardi B Mm. and Q Beats. So Cardi B was third on this list. Q Beats is a production duo. I think they're out of Sweden. Not 100% sure. Cardi B has 42.8 million followers. This these stats are from the end of 2018, by the way. Their their, their numbers may have gone up since then. Um, Q Beats 27,000 followers, like 42.8 million versus 27,000. The closest uh, the closest two artists on this list were Juice World and Murder Beats. So Juice World was the fourth most successful last year. Murder Beats was also the fourth most successful. Uh, Juice World has 5.1 million followers. Murder Beats has 1.4 million followers. So Murder, Juice World only has 251 percent. And that's more. the closest. <laughs> 200. That's the closest. That's the closest. There's some crazy stuff like Tiger coming in at number seven with 19.6 million, and then Young Exclusive, the producer, coming in at number seven of. He was the seventh most successful producer last year. He has 13,000 followers across both accounts. Like. The, the earning potential discrepancy is really, really crazy. And it just gets worse and worse because this is how they promote their work. You know, producers and, I mean, sorry, rappers pr- promote their work via social media now. It's like a huge marketing tool, a massive marketing tool. And the discrepancy between the two is really crazy, especially if we consider that streaming platforms are slowly making major labels really change the way that they promote artists and rely heavily on uh, social media as a promotional tool. So where are these producers going to get their money from? Like, are they just going to have to sell beats and that's it? Like, can't they, they can't diversify their revenue stream at all. They can only get their money from from production. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's something, yeah. It's something worth thinking about, honestly, because just just from a producer perspective, because obviously, as we've clearly noted, <laughs> they're in the back seat in terms of just every oh. possible facet of this. And it's crazy, you know, like jumping back to the for the record, the, the show I watched, uh, the episode I watched, I think uh, what they were talk, what they originally started talking about, how they get their money, you know, 
it, you can, it, there's there's levels to it, you know. You can lease beats, you can you know sell beats as we as we've you know uh, hinted on. But there's also you know publishing and also uh, and it just it it just sound it sounds like a lot. It it just does sound like a lot. I mean, this is if it if this is a if this is anything, this is a it's bloody hard to be a producer these days in terms of just getting anywhere. It's, it sounds very, it sounds like a very thankless task, and I kind of relate to that in a lot of ways. But it is a thankless task, and unless you're, you know, you can you can be fine with, you know, your peers knowing who you are, and that's all well and good. But obviously, when it comes to the mainstream and the outside, and everyone everyone else is actually the consumer listening to everything. I mean, unless you're, unless you got a decent. Um, uh, what's it called? Producer tag. Then people ain't people ain't gonna people don't know you honestly. Like you know, just people know who Michael yeah, made is because they've heard the tag. thing loads of times. They know who uh, they know who Metro Boomin is because Future said if Metro if Metro don't trust you, I'm a shoot you. You know what I mean? So and that was all and that was a meme for a bit. So <laughs> in terms of you know, obviously social you know popularity ain't the be all and end all, but obviously is very relevant as you've made, as you've made it and. It is. Uh, it's just a. It's just a. It's very unvalid. It sounds very unvalidating <laughs> being a producer, especially in this era. I think uh, it is something that is um, uh, that needs to be uh, locked down in terms of you know a, a path. A path needs to be made here for producers because I think it's in this streaming age that we. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's still young, especially from a business perspective as well. So. For artists, they're starting to get somewhere in the streaming, you know, the world, I guess. But producers are obviously way behind in terms of that, and in terms of also getting their credit in terms of money. Um, if 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 artists get, you know, a point 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 percent of a pound, then Lord knows what a producer's getting. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. Well, I think, yeah, I mean. Like, just looking at this discrepancy, like, it really bothers, it honestly does bother me because I actually speak to Just Blaze very occasionally on Twitter and he's quite open on Twitter. He's, you know, no rappers are. But I, I was like, man, how many followers does Just Blaze have? Like, he's a legend. He's in the top five producers of all time. He's been iconic. He's been influential. Yeah, definitely. Definitely and he's got, got like, mm-hmm. s- he's got like 700,000 followers on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you compare him to someone mm. like Fabulous or Cameron, they've got like, you know, five to 10 million followers. I think both yep. have been on Love and Hip Hop or one of them was on Love and Hip Hop, but both are like, <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying is like, if, if Fab does something, everyone knows about it. You know, he get, it gets reported on. It's, it's free exposure in the media immediately. It's free promotion, regardless of what he does. If he drops a tape, something like that. You know, Just Blaze does something you don't hear about it, and yet Just Blaze has been more successful on the Hot 100 than both of them. So Just Blaze has spent 388 weeks uh, on the Hot 100 and the Billboard 200. Fabulous 366 compared to Cameron, which is 172, which is tiny. But Just Blaze is like, I mean, he like he he's clearly iconic, but is he a household name in in 2019? No, but you would probably know who Cameron is or who Fabulous is. It's just, I, I think the, the way forward is exactly what I thought when I was 13 years old, is put them on the track listing. 
Like, give them that exposure. Start giving them ex- the exposure. It might look messy. It might look messy, but you put featured artists on the track listing. Like, why can't producers yep. be on them? It doesn't make sense. You know, produce by yeah. and yeah. then put them at the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not, not. I'm not disputing you on it. I'm just. I was. I was. I was, I was just like stating what it looked like. But you know, it, it, these. No, yeah, man. Relevant. No, I'm just Honestly, passionate. I'm not angry. There's I'm something just, needs I'm to just, be I'm just passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm not, not angry, angry. You, Charlie. I'm just don't worry, I'm just man. Disappointed. You, you're not. You're not the reason. You're not the reason this is happening. But we have to find out why the reason this is happening and channel our anger towards them and just get this fixed for producers. Because I see him on social media, and why are they retweeting me? Why are they talking to me? I got fourteen thousand followers. Like, Tiger's not talking yeah. to me on Twitter. I don't, you know, Q Beats shouldn't be talking you to me on talk Twitter. Q like, Beats should be. I wouldn't be against it. I would. I would I'd be interested to see what he has to say. <laughs> but oh, you know, God, I'm glad I'm that dying. I'm glad that, that funny. I'm glad that I'm. Uh, I'm glad Ill Mind was on that uh, episode with Genius because Ill Mind, I've been following him for a while, and uh, yeah, mm. he's uh, he's dope. He's good. Okay, <laughs> you can now. You going for now? <laughs> I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I've 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 okay, healed take myself. Okay, <laughs> take a breath. Take a take five. Uh, um, <laughs> so uh, I mean, yeah, what what to respond to all that? I mean. Uh, Firstly, great that it took us five episodes to mention love and hip hop. That's great. Uh, new records. I thought, I thought it takes oh, at there. least three. Um, <laughs> and, and it's actually quite interesting because you know, um, I I don't I don't listen to Fabulous or Cameron as much as the next guy. To be completely honest, I probably listen to more just bass beats than anything than than those two uh, music put together. To be completely honest, that's just, that's just me. Obviously, that's just a, a, a yeah. drop in a drop in the uh, drop in the ocean. But um. Yeah, it is, um, I think it is just how it is, you know, just how we, I think it's just how society looks at things, you know, going back to, you know, writing and, you know, screenwriting and, you know, film directors and actors, everyone is, everyone wants to see the person in front of the camera or with their name on the album, you know, I mean, that's just, that is just how it is, you know, not everyone can be Quincy Jones. Where you know they are just as record, well, not just as recognizable as Michael Jackson, but obviously uh, professionally, obviously just as recognizable as Michael Jackson. Quincy Jones is a god, and, and you know they can't. Not everybody can be that that level, and not everybody could be Aaron Sorkin in terms of screenwriting. So it just, I think it is just how it is, honestly. But um, with it saying that, there is there is always a, you know, this is this is and this is another call to exploration this is another call to education where you know producers do so much for music in general and especially for freaking hip-hop it's a pillar of the it's a pillar of the of the five elements that's you know going back to that uh you know it's a pillar djing is a pillar producing is a pillar it's not just emceeing and you know it it can people realize that back in the day when it was an eric b and rakim when it was um, uh, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, you know they, they know they knew yeah, that definitely. they everyone knew that they yeah, knew definitely. there was a producer behind it and they respected that as the art form. When it comes to now, obviously with the business and everything else that we've talked about over the past four four or five episodes, it is just how people respond to things. It is just 
who's the artist on the thing okay let me listen to it i like this i'm gonna put it on my playlist people don't look into it more it's just a matter of digging and it's you know when in the way the static selector is one of the you know last bastions of crate digging you know there is not many of us us two that you know look into liner notes producer notes and you know just uh who was part of the album you know uh, it's a similar thing going even further back to like uh, jazz, where every time I look at a um, look at a jazz album now, rec- in, in recent years, they all they all, there obviously are more elements to it. It's not just a, it's not just the person whose name is on it. There's obviously a whole gang- gaggle of mm. people there, and you want to know about that. Yeah. So you know, jazz cool. fans have it right at the moment, where they look at the producer notes and they're just like, okay, the, oh, I like that drum set. Who did the drums? I like that bass. Who did the bass? Who did the trumpet? Who did the sax? They do the research, yeah. and they are all more, all the more appreciated for that. Hip hop obviously is used to have that, but now is way behind on it. What I mean, Static Select is a good example because when he does put out music, he puts it out, you know, as himself, and he gets a bunch of rappers to come on and and work with him. And there have been producers who have really kind of. I guess broken the mold and really tried to not grab the fame for themselves. I'm not trying to say that, but they've definitely taken on that oh, role no. of the main artist. And you look at, you know, Swizz Beats yeah. and Metro Boomin's done some stuff with Twenty on Savage. He released mm-hmm. his own solo album. Uh, Swizz Beats had his own album out last year. It just, I I don't know what the interplay between whether producers really are searching for this extra credit or they don't care like i you know like i listen to stuff like kanye when i've read heaps of interviews with kanye about how he always saw himself as not just a producer he was a rapper as well and he fought really really hard to be considered a rapper on top of just a producer and there was just this term kept getting thrown around just a producer just a producer and i'm not saying that devalues production at all but it's kind of like well Mm. we don't want to hear kanye we don't want to hear from kanye let's go to baseline and we'll put him in the B room and he can make beats for the blueprint, but we don't want to hear him in the main room spitting bars. We just want him, you know, making beats. We don't want him in front of the camera. We want him behind the camera. And I wonder, I, I don't know. I don't know that there are interviews out there or, or a collective knowledge base of producers saying, hey, we want more credit because I haven't actually heard it. Did they speak about it on... The episode with Rob Markman, did they speak about if they wanted more credit, if there was, you know, if there was a, a way forward from this? But I, th- I think that is it. I think that is actually it. When, when you asked about that, you know, credit, if, do they even want it? That is a good question. And uh, I th- from what I heard during, from what I watched, I think they were, I don't think they answered it, it you know, just straight up yes or straight up no. I think from how they were talking, it was more like, uh, do we should we should yeah I think I think actually you know what I think it is yes I think I think they plainly say you know uh, is a is pretty much a yes where they're just like we. we can we can we should we should be able to do our own uh, our own things and you know they they also talked about a business like beer where you know it's just you will you will experience a bad deal and that's just a matter of learning and i think that is just something that needs to be recognized in the business side where i think 
producers are, I think, too afraid to, especially like the more younger ones these days. I think that too afraid to. How do I word it? I wouldn't say make mistakes, but to get a bad deal because obviously, with the with the how tight the money is, the money uh, you know stream is now, compared to the two thousands where you know everybody could get a slice of the pie. The pie is much smaller these days, and I think producers now is more about you know just trying to find just trying to find their moment, just trying to find their moment to to make to make a to make a leap somewhere, because you know linking to other you know people like Pete Rock, Stack Selector, and etc. They still do their own you know their own albums. They do their own beat tapes. Ninth Wonder did a beat tape recently in the Zion Three, which is very enjoyable. And you know they do these kind of stuff, but they have their own established point where you know the two thousands was fine, and you could you could you could you can make beats and make beats and make beats, and you'll and you will be respected, and you will get your credit in the meantime. Right now, the future is very you know, uh, unclear as to how it's going to work out for artists, let alone producers. So I think, answering your question, I would say they would want more credit, and I think they, and I, and I think, you know, uh, gradually they are. You know, it's, it's always worth an, worth improving on. But I think more for the current contemporary generation of producers, I think it's more like. I I I'm I just I just make beats on a laptop, you know. I mean, I'm just, I'm not I'm not exactly exploring yeah. this hard, and uh, I think I just want to I just want to make beats and get paid, you know. what I mean, so I, I I think it's much more simplistic for them. It's it's much more. It's not about the you know. It's it's not about the art to be completely blunt with you. It's more about just uh just getting them just getting the bag. Honestly, and if they get a a decent a decent cut of it, then they're fine. But I don't think that's going to snick their neck out for it anymore. It's interesting to look at back over time. I mean, as you said a little bit earlier with producers getting top billing with rappers in the 80s, you know, Eric B and Rakim and DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And as it's like progressed, I actually did an article on dual artists, so rappers who produce their own music. And it's very 80s heavy. And then it kind of drops off as... Uh, what I surmised were major labels giving rappers much bigger budgets and these producers kind of like taking on a life of their own and becoming stars in their own right. Dr. Dre, I think, was really one of the first who started commanding a pretty heavy fee. Definitely. And actually, if Dr. Dre was producing producing your project, then, you know, look at Doggy Style. It was It was propelled a little bit by Dr. Dre, the fact that he was producing it. Yeah. And there's been a few albums yeah. like that. And during the 90s, like in the late 90s, that really ramped up. And then, as you say, the 2000s was incredible. And one of the distinctions, obviously, we have to say is the internet. Because back in the day, I was actually reading mm. a lot about a lot about Just Blaze specifically and how, uh, how technical he was with making beats. Like, he used to just pull stuff apart and put it back together in different ways so that he could make different sounds mm. like the guy had significant mm. technical knowledge and significant ability but now you go on youtube and you can just see like when uh one, one of the last bastions of this was the story of oj by jay-z and no id and just the way that mm. no id chopped that up 
that was 90s stuff. Yeah. Like, that was really, Super clean. really insane. Yeah, it was Super unbelievable. Clean. Like, they were saying they were saying that there was no actual... Jay-Z said in an interview with Elliot Wilson and um, B-Dot uh, on Rap Radar, he said there's no four-beat loop. It's that intricate, the way he cut the sample up, that there's no... Like, it doesn't keep going. He cut it up so that the whole song is different along the way. And I watched a YouTube video of a guy trying to recreate it. It was just way complex. He tried to do it in Fruity Loops. It was not <laughs> happening. It was like a one-hour video, and it was just, like, insane. But then well, again, if you listen to most stuff on the Hot 100 now, it's easily recreated. And I think back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you know, that those, those chopped-up soul samples that Kanye was doing, stuff Pharrell yeah, was doing, yeah. like, that was not easily yeah. recreated. And so... Those artists, those producers, you know, you look at Timberland, Swizz Beats, Just Blaze, Pharrell, they're legends now. They're true legends. And maybe that was the yep. last era. And I'm not saying that these these current producers aren't as skillful or skillful in different ways, but it's just that so many more people I'm have access that. to this this tech. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, it depends. Like I think I think in the nineties and the two thousands, there were just less. There were less really big name producers than there are now but those big those really big name producers were very skilled i think there are very skilled producers now who are big names but i think there's a, a larger amount of producers who it's easier to make beats now it just is because of the internet and even yeah. i could make a beat if yeah. i spent a couple of years yeah, exactly. like really studying fruity loops you know or not even a couple of years a couple of months you know i could probably make a beat and i have some friends who actually shout out to evan hutton who He's a producer himself, and I've been speaking to him for a while via Genius. And, yeah, he just started making beats himself, and he started getting some cool placements. And, yeah, he's doing pretty well. You know, it's it's he's just a guy. He's just a guy who is you know, got a, got an ear for music. He knows how to use a computer, and he's, he's starting to get some, some really cool placements. But, again, in the 90s, like, you might have to know someone, or you might have to get signed by a record label. So there's, like, a lot less barrier to entry now. Mhm. Yeah, no, this is this is this is the whole thing, isn't it? You know, just talking about, you know, you can you can say the same thing with, you know, artists in general, rappers in general where, you know, it's easy to it's easy to get a hit just in just in general, it's easier to get a hit. There's there's an easy success rate if you do it if you do it properly. You know, uh, I remember that was um there was a uh, article going around. I forgot where it was from, but it was uh, like how uh, there was a little pump um plan kind of thing there was there was a there was step-by-step guide into you know getting a hit like little pump did and that was that's, ah, it's, yeah, that's how manufactured that. yeah. it can be and yeah it's, it's so you know it's 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 the same with ice and it's the same and it's exactly the same producers where it's so easy now to do it it kind of dilutes the pool obviously and it's harder to grab the grab the cream of the crop the people that that in my mind doing it properly may not be may not be getting there but um and that's another that's another thing i got from the from the sh- from the from the record show where it was um ill mindset talking about uh selling beat kits you know that is everywhere now i see that so many freaking times not, on my socials i'm not seeing that or oh, beat tape for this beat tape for that um not beat tape um 
drum kits. There you go, kits. Beat pack, uh, drink, ah, beat kits for this, beat yeah. kits for that. You want some keys? You, you want to, Ninth, Ninth Wonder's doing it now. Ninth Wonder, Ill Mind. Like, so many. That was you. Oh, that used man. to be a like cardinal sin in producer world. You know what I mean? Just selling your yeah. s- selling your uh, your sound. You know what I mean? That's just that's some, that sounds hoish. You know what I mean? But now it is a grand source of income. It is a big chunk of their income now. Especially if you're you know one of the one of the OGs. You know you can you can you can get back on the horse. You know money wise just by doing that. Hey, here's some here's some here's some keys I did. Here's, here's some drum here's some oh. drum uh, drum hits I did, you know what I mean? It, it's it's it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but I understand why they're doing it. I understand it because from a business that, perspective, it is on point and it is and it's the market. It's the market. People want, you know, a a ninth wonder drum kit, and you know it might elevate your game. But it's it's just it's just how it goes. It really is. But just is how this it goes not? Down. Is this? Is this not the problem that we're speaking about with regards to social media? Because producers have to do yeah. that to make money. But yeah. if they had a bigger following, they could sell more merchandise, or they could, you know, they could, I don't yeah, know, sell other things that other like other like I'm I'm 100 sure that a lot of hip hop outlets on social media are paid by major labels to promote certain artists or to retweet, you know, certain videos by artists. Like if producers had a higher Definitely. Uh, social media presence, then they wouldn't have to be selling their work like that. They w- they just wouldn't have to because they'd be making money from just posting about random stuff or selling shirts or selling, I don't know. They could sell physical drums. Like I don't know. There's heaps of heaps of options on social media. It's infinite. But if you don't have that following, you got to sell your work like that. That's that just makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to depress you honestly. <laughs> Dude, it's just I, it is um it's just a you know I'm exactly I'm, I, f- I feel I I feel exactly how you feel right now but with lyricism it's that it's literally how I feel about it sometimes where you know it's just um it's just the f- and and obviously from that from my point of view from lyricism it's just more of how you know audience doesn't value as much and obviously this is more about how producers aren't getting credit and you know I I I'm sorry to say this is how this is how it goes, my guy. This is how it is right now, and it's just it is a shame. And there are av- there are probably avenues to do this uh, to uh, to actually give producers the credit they deserve. But like I said, in this stre- in the streaming world, which is you know in the grand scheme of things very you know young at the moment, they haven't found that road yet. They haven't you know no one's. No one's done that brick that brick road yet, and for for the for the other producers to go down and uh, yeah, I just I just I just think um, at this point this is what they this is what they can do and this is what they are doing and it's keeping them afloat and you know for people for people like us to value them is uh, you know something that kind of makes us sad about it, but they gotta get their coin you know <laughs> they gotta get their coin and you know I can't I can't knock them for trying to get what's theirs, you know what I mean? It's, it's, and they're not getting theirs at the moment. So, yeah, it's, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I this, one, this is the diagnosis. <laughs> I have one question to you, and it's going to sound a little bit controversial, but I've... Okay. I watched a Jay-Z interview once where Kanye had just released Yeezus, and... Everyone was pretty critical of it. 
And Charlemagne the God said to Jay-Z, like, come on, man, that, that album wasn't that good. And Jay-Z said, Kanye's like the guy who goes over the hill to see how many enemies there are. And he comes back, like, full of arrows. And he's like, oh, man, there's a lot of them over there. But he, he paves the path. So my question to you is, why has this path not been paved? Why do you think who is to blame for this? Because we have massive name producers but we're in 2019 and they're not getting the, we, we both agree that they're not getting the credit they deserve and they shouldn't be having to sell their stems and their beats or whatever on, on Twitter and Instagram. What's the reason for this? Like, should, should one of these producers have paved a path for the others? Should there have been a producer alliance set up? I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I think the first the first thing I'll always say in terms of whose whose fault is is the consumer. That's that's always the that's always the first one I pick out. And obviously it's not the be all and end all. That's obviously some of the pie. You know, consumers don't check. Like I said, they don't educate themselves. They don't check for these for these people. You know, they they mess with the ZZ beat subconsciously, but then they just they just see it as a Kodak Black song and they see it as a Travis Scott sound. That's just how they, that's just how they see it. So one, that's it. That's, that's on them Two, I think, you know, the labels, obviously, you know, if, if they have an in-house producer or just a producer who executive produced that album, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be, they need to be more vocal with. But again, they they talk to the they they are they respond to what the consumer says, and if the you know if the consumer don't care about the producer, then they won't care about the producer. That's just that, that's again that's the chain link right there. And then a possible solution that I can give, and the example I will give is Ninth Wonder and Jamla Records, which he obviously is the head of. They have a bundle of amazing producers in their midst, like in their in house. Um, they call them the Soul Council, and I know I, I listened to several of their beat tapes, you know, in the past couple of years, and they're actually amazing. Uh, Crisis did one with did an album with Elzai uh, last year that was amazing. Jericho Jackson, that was an amazing. And literally, it says Elzai and Crisis are Jericho Jackson. That's what it says on the al- on the album uh, on the album name. So you know that's that's a possible thing to do. Now. Going back to Jamla, you know they have the they have their in-house producers, and as a family, as they call themselves, you know I follow several of the artists themselves on social media. I follow Rhapsody, I follow GQ, and uh, Ian Kelly, Heather Victoria. You know they I follow them. I follow most of them, and they whenever a producer has something going on, they post that as well because they see they 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 see themselves as equals. If a producer has a yeah, has, yeah. has an instrumental album coming out. They will post. Oh, hit my mic. They will post it, and I think that is something that needs to be, you know, that that needs to be plugged. Now, obviously, there are there 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 are not many producers that are doing their own, you know, instrumental albums or just albums in general. Uh, if they if but if they do do that, then I think that is the pos- that that is a, you know, not a not a long term solution, not a yellow brick ro- road that you're trying to find here. But it is a possible solution of trying to give these producers more scope because I believe the Soul Council is one of the most amazing collective of beat makers I have seen since maybe the Bomb Squad, <laughs> like in the uh, for Public Enemy days, honestly, because they are so freaking yeah. clean. All of them have their own qualities, and I love them for that. Mm. But I don't see that. I don't see that anywhere else. Even like for I don't know. 
even like for Dreamville or TDE, you know, I know a couple from TDE because I'm just a fanboy of that. But you know, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a Soundwave instrumental album. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. And even if he did, did the artist plug it? No. So you know what I mean. So that, that is that is a solution. Uh, as in terms of a yellow brick road, like um, you know the Kanye give, and that's actually an amazing analogy. That's that's kind of respect. That's that's the that's the respect I give for Kanye on that front because. God, Jesus was so terrible. 100%. But then again, people are doing that exact sound. It pisses me off. But um, <laughs> I have to get credit I love on that, that album, man. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, uh, as I hurt myself doing that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think there is a. I don't think. I actually don't think there's a producer that big enough to do that at the moment. Uh, just, just from, just on that front. But if there ever comes a time when. Uh, when a just producer, you know, a just producer, not just a produce artist, not a dual, not a dual artist, because I think that's, you know, how how it ha- how it has gone, you know, Kanye being the prime example mm. there. Um, yeah. It, 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 if, if I don't I don't see an uh, I don't see a full on producer leading the charge like that. I, I don't think that is you know possible. Now you know if we're talking about unionizing. You know, you know, Writers Guild. There's Writers Guilds uh, in the UK and the US. In, there's two in the US, in fact, uh, for screenwriters. So you know, they can do that. They could never produce a union. That's possible. You know, that could that could that could possibly be done. And I'd actually fully encourage that. You know, to, just so they can all get their credit. That like we like we've been saying all episode. But um, yeah, uh, no yellow brick road. <laughs> but there are solutions. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. I. Look, it just seems to me like we keep coming back to this kind of, in my head anyway, this theme of not only this podcast, but hip hop in the current generation in the mainstream is it's getting more and more pop and pop music for decades now has had like writers teams where and writers camps where producers and songwriters get together. They go away together, they write an album for an artist and then they present it to the artist and say, hey, sing this over this and you'll be a star. And that's what they do. And I just really worry about the direction that we're heading and I'm just like, you know, you've got artists like Dr. Luke and all those kind of those those producers behind the scenes. Max Martin, I think, is another one. Um, And they make a lot of money. And they write a lot of music for a lot of incredibly popular artists. And I think this idea of collaboration between producers and and rappers, especially with producers sending beats to rappers. There was a meme I saw the other day Mm -hmm. where it was about Blueface and it was like, Blueface texts his producer, I I just recorded my verse. And the producer's like, I haven't even sent the beat yet. (laughs) It's like, doesn't matter, man. Yeah doesn't matter i'm saying the same thing every freaking time and that's just like like there were ghost writers in the 90s like jay-z was a ghost writer how could jay-z get jay-z can't ghost write anymore because there's no point no one wants to hear that stuff over anything anymore in the in in the mainstream so uh, it's just becoming more popular and i don't know it's making me quite sad and quite nihilistic with regards to it because i think you're right it's well, it's just really affecting the purity. It's really affecting the purity of music um, and hip-hop music. And, man, I, I don't know. I hope it kind of reverses and, and goes back a little bit more in the opposite direction. But I don't, I don't see how it can at the moment. You know, that's why I asked you the question, like, for a way forward. And I, I think that 
there could have been ways forward in the two thousand the nineties and the two thousands, but we could never have foreseen this happening. You know, like Swiss Beats could have no. got together a, a a label like you see so many hip hop labels. Like look at just Rockefeller for an example, where Jay Z got together a bunch of rappers that probably never would have charted without him. No offense. Like these guys are great rappers. They're really great rappers. But Jay-Z put mm-hmm. his name behind it and put his promotion behind it and his business and Dame Dash and, and Biggs as well. And like you got Memphis Bleak mm-hmm. spending, you know, 50 to 100 weeks on the Billboard 200. But you don't have the same with Swiss Beats or Timberland unless I'm mistaken, unless they have created a producer collective that I haven't heard of. But I, I haven't heard of it. So it's probably not as big as, as what the rappers did. So maybe they missed an opportunity and I'm not laying the blame at their feet because I don't think we could have foreseen what's happening now. But maybe we missed an opportunity back then and maybe we're a bit too far gone now. Yeah, you. I think you, you know, all them years ago when you listened to Blueprint 2 for the first time and you thought it was Jay-Z. And, you know, I think you kind of saw it, you, you saw it there, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. And that is what it is now, where... You know, hip hop has become pop, like we like we all know, and you know, pop music is a machine, just as it is. Just you know, it generally is a machine in its nature, and hip hop is unfortunately that machine at the moment. So when we talk mm. about you know the histor the history and you know how DJ and NMCM were were equal, and were you know two of the same two sides of the same coin. It's less of that now, and it's becoming more of a more machine. And you know, you sound much more sad than I do, but that's only because I am cynical as fuck, and I have, and I've come to, I've, I've, I've come to realize that this is how it is. This is how it's going to be for a while until we have enough, you know, until we have a voice big enough to say this is wrong and we should do something about it. And you know, you know, and I think it's just a matter of. And just to finish off, this is just a matter of comfortability, you know. I saw, just a side note, I saw today Lil Nas X is on Complex's sneaker shopping. For fuck's sake, he's been famous for three weeks and he's already on sneaker shopping. What money does he have to stack, you know, to to, to go sneaker shopping with Complex? You're taking a piss. You know, this Mm. this is it. People are comfortable. People are comfortable and producers are, you know, some producers are comfortable just monetarily you know they 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 can they just take what they just take what they're given and you know it's a, they're selfish in some fashions but sometimes and you know i think we can relate on this the journey can be exhausting as fuck and if they if they finally made that journey and they've reached the mountain top or they consider making it then they're fine with what they're given and i, I just think that that's that's how it is in some fashions yeah, I think that pretty much ties up a lot of like routes and a lot of things that we were talking about, especially with the complex connection. And you're right, you know, they've been forcing, trying to force down the wall, but mainstream media and labels have been forcing the wall down for rappers for generations and, and giving them that mainstream exposure and producers just aren't getting it. And it's exhausting. Like if you don't have anyone on your side helping you out with that, yeah, it's totally exhausting, especially as an independent artist or just not even part of a label or not as an in-house producer so oh, i guess i'm more i'm more frustrated by it because it's now only hitting me the like i dedicated a lot of um hip-hop numbers to 
uh, I guess, exposing producers a little bit more to, or exposing my audience to what producers do and, and how disproportionate this is. Yeah. But I never really thought mm-hmm. about it really deeply until we started talking about it. So you might be quite yeah. um, downtrodden already because you've you realized this. Well, I'm only just realizing this the, the scope of this now. That's why I'm so worked up about it. It just makes me sad, man. It just makes me sad. But it is... I don't know. I'll just keep using my platform as best I can, and we'll just, you know, we'll just get this this podcast to a million views a month, and it'll be fine. We'll we'll start influencing the audience. Okay, I, I, I just want to remove the word downtrodden. Cynical is the word, but I do I do hold hope somewhere. Oh, it's cynical, it's somewhere deep, deep, deep somewhere in my, in the subconscious of my mind. I just need to. It's just it's just lacking water at the moment. <laughs> So we should we should uh-huh. end it there. Uh, I think Ben needs to go cry in a corner. Uh, I will. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do. You know. I'll just live my life as I as I do because this is how it is. I'm sorry. This is how it is. This is that depressing episode. You actually have to feel on a lighter note. What did you say? Did you have anything on a lighter note? Well. I guess we should. I mean, I, I don't want to expose myself, but I guess we should talk about what we tweeted about the other day because, uh, sorry, what we what we texted about because it is a lighter note and it is um, something that I've noticed and it's maybe something that can can help producers. I mean, it, it might help anyone who's an independent artist. So, I am currently single and I use dating websites such as Tinder and Bumble. Now, I am not looking for. <laughs> Uh, one night love. I'm looking for long term love. <laughs> now to build that and to to like go look going on a first date takes a lot of energy. And if you've been doing this for a little while, you know it's exhausting. You don't want to be going on five first dates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you you don't want to be going on five first dates a week. So you have to start vetting. You have to be like, is this person going to be worth me going on a date with? So one of those reasons, oh one of the ways you do that is, you know, checking their Instagram profile, asking them specific questions, and girls want to do this too. So one of the best ways of doing it, I've found, is by sending them the podcast. And they're very excited about this. They're very excited to listen because they're like, is this guy an idiot? Has he got a weird accent? Is Does he sound stupid? Is he like really <laughs> racist? They want to check. They want to check. They want to look for those red flags. And you give them an hour of you talking on a podcast, bam, they know immediately. And most of them don't call me back. But still, <laughs> at least we're getting views for the podcast. And I'm saying, like, if you're a rapper with a mixtape, if you're a producer with a beat tape, I'm saying put this in your profile. Get those views up. God. Because they're, getting, they're engaged. These are engaged people. Oh, and they might only be engaged for one episode. But... Man, oh, it's a, it's an untapped market. <laughs> it's genius. Oh my god, it's marketing said they don't genius. Call back. That's funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you said. You said because they listen oh. to you, and then they call you instead. You're like, oh man, they'll hear me on the podcast, and they'll be like, well, I don't want Ben, I want Charlie. <laughs> my mum found that funny. Now that's funny. My mum finds it funny as funny. That's, that's that's because of the voice, big boy. That's because of the voice. It's silky as shit. <laughs> and on that note, we are calling it a day. We are calling it an episode. This is... 
I apologize. I if, I, if I end up dating you, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue, Charlie. End our end our episode. <laughs> On that note, this has been Digging in the Digits. I have been Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. And we shall see you next week. Take it easy. Alright. Peace. Oh, man. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show, piece from video games, by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we'll see you next time on Digging in the Digits.